drinking, bro. Put down the water and grab a fucking drink. Matt, you know what? I can smell a hero tonight. I can smell a hero through the phone. Is there a hero over there? <laughs> we we have there. a special podcast tonight, you know? We have we're missing Rocco and JT, but we have Mr. Evan Hafer. Right, and, right, but, but wait, the, Matt, the Matt. Man himself. Yeah, Evan, Evan Evan is not the guy I smell. Like I smell a real hero over there. Is there a fucking hero over there? Right. Yeah. Fuck Evan. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. We have we have the yep. one and only Clint 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 I say Clint 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 Ramache today. Oh, we got brother. a big hero on the show tonight. Yep. Wow. Uh, you know, he, I'll be at all of five foot five. My, <laughs> he, he fills my heart full of love. He feels a lot. He feels a lot of hearts full of love. Is what he does. Welcome, Clint. How are you? <laughs> hey, doing great. Good to be here. I, I last time I talked to you was was during the movie during <laughs> Ronge Fifteen. Just, you were you were one of the stars of our little flick. Ronge. I was. It was a, a pretty freaking epic time down there, uh, recording our, uh, Range Fifteen and drinking beer and having some fun with the guys. You're goddamn right. It was. People it was, still was quote your it line. Was, all it was the time. fucking debaucherous. Yeah. That's the good yeah. part of it. Well, I mean, I was impressed no one got arrested. Or uh, disappointed in the same fashion. Yeah, I was, I was a little disappointed. We almost had an arrest on set, but uh, we did not. <laughs> so I feel yeah. like, Evan, you should have fell on that one. You should have got arrested. Well, I almost did. Uh, they had me at gunpoint. They had me held down. Uh, they went through all my pockets. <laughs> That's true. And they were, they were actually getting ready to arrest me as a terrorist because I was driving around in a Humvee uh, with a turret. And the, they, the cops came in because there was a bunch of shooting ross patterson i'm not gonna say who but ross patterson uh, oh was ross it ross patterson, Pat was it ross and, patterson who oh yeah it was ross patterson right it was a ross, ross patterson goes. yeah and um yeah so they rolled me up and it was pretty interesting because you know i got this pocket knife in my pocket most of the time and these fucking <laughs> dudes we all legal. do you're not allowed Dude, to have anything sharp they, in the they, uh, they about fucking executed me right there on the street they were just gonna line me up they're like this is a four inch blade we have a full execution law here in California <laughs> for four-inch blades. And then I was like, wait, I know Matt best. And then they're like, whoa, 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 hold Bullshit. on. Bullshit, no, hold they said the who? Fuck on. They said who? They didn't even know who I was. They're like, 15 clothing, black rock. Never heard of it. Never heard Fuck. of him. He only uses Fuck. one T. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the beauty of it is, Evan, yeah. you always a carry a four-inch blade on you at all times. So uh, that's- Yeah, his dick. Yeah. yeah. That's what it's you call like your penis. It's more like a laser pointer. You call your yeah, penis the four-inch blade. Laser pointer. That laser pointer, but I call it blade just for short because I'm a huge fan of uh, snipes. Yeah, right? bla and, and you're you're, you're a big fan of the blade you, trinity. You, huge, you you put it in dudes' mouths, but never in their eyes. It's rude yeah. to put a laser in their eyes, yeah, but absolutely. the mouth is okay. And, and only it at dark. Glow. It's, it's only at dark. Only after dark. <laughs> Hell yeah, Ross! I'm excited. We're we're hanging out. Clint came in town today, and it was like uh, let's 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 have a podcast and get people to know Clint. If you don't already know him, then go fuck yourself. And then, <laughs> yeah. uh, Evan's yeah. covering down because JT had to go do fly and do business. Rocco's doing business. The crew is busy, but we're Venus. we're here to have a foursome. We're gonna do some fucking sponsors, and we're gonna butt fuck this episode. You know? Yeah, we are. Are. We, yeah. we, we've got I'm Clint excited. on. We've got a, a, a Medal of it. Honor recipient here. Uh, for those of you at home who don't know, that's more important than Kevin Costner's position in the bodyguard. Um, so, I, <laughs> well, hold on, Ross. I, we were I talking, Clint and I that's... were talking about this earlier. Uh, I mean, I do have an Arcom with V device, and he his does. Medal of Honor does not have a V device. <laughs> so, I mean, well, I'm, I'm almost there, Clint. You're I mean, you're, hey, look, you want to treat steps. him like Rosa Parks? Tell him to get to the back okay. of the bus. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, not at all, man. Clint, Clint, if you if you read his story, and we'll talk about his new book too, he's a fucking stud. And I know it's hard for a dude in his position to admit that, but if if you read what what, what went down, all that stuff, he's a fucking stud. He's a team player. He's a whiskey drinking badass. So uh, we consider him more than Freddie's family. So we're we're happy to have you on, dude. Fantastic. Well, well, Clint, how this show works is uh, <laughs> remarkably, we, we've got some sponsors who sponsor this thing to be a, live across the airwaves. Uh, the first one is so Softleet. Uh, you can say so fleet. You can say softly. You, you can be you can be a, a little tiny athlete, or you can be a softlete. Uh, Evan Evan Hafer, what is soft? <laughs> what what is softly? Why don't you get and tell the listeners? 
Oh, Softlead. So Softlead is both programming and supplements for those who are preparing for a special operations uh, selection and or that just want to prepare to be badasses in general. So they functional do functional training is the way I it look is, at that program. It is. It's like it, it's, it's like not, a legitimate it's like, CrossFit. Is, no, it's yeah. It's like not CrossFit. <laughs> we're trying to be the best at exercising. Where you're yeah. like, this is applicable mm-hmm. physical skills that you could actually directly associate to being like a dynamic individual. Uh, <laughs> a a real that sounds uh, good though. Hey, if you're going to get pounded in the surf, you right. know, if you're going to get yep. pounded in the surf with a bunch of dudes, you're going to go train <laughs> to be a seal, and you're going to use that yes. with softly programming. You can't. You, know? you can't make if fun of sponsors because you, you're if, great friends with the owner. Evan. I. I love Softlead. Uh, we've got a ton of their supplements here in the office. Uh, Brent is uh, an amazing American. Fantastic force, uh, or sorry, not force recovery, Marsoc. Marsoc Marine. <laughs> and uh, they, they've got great programming and great supplements. Amazing guys. Yeah, and it's uh, S-O-F-L-E-T-E dot com. Uh, you can go through for all their amazing supplements, all their workout programs. Um, if you want to be as big as Matt Best, why don't you go ahead and download some of their workout programs and get loose. Oh, we got one of my new, my newest faves to the show. I'm talking about Brocade.co. That's B-R-O-Q-U-E-T.co. What do they have? They've got gifts for dudes. I know what you're thinking. What do I, what do I get my dad for his birthday? What about what do I get him for Christmas? What do I what do I give him for Thanksgiving? What do I give my friends when they have kids? Like, I, I don't know, because I'm a dude. What does a dude get another dude? It's a, weird, it's a weird conversation topic to bring up. Go to brocade.co and get some of the coolest shit they have on the planet. You can get wooden crates full of shaving supplies, fucking hot sauces. Uh, they've got a little, a little conceal and carry uh, drink concoction kits. Um, they, they, they've got some stuff to make some Moscow mules on here. They've got trail mix. Uh, they got stuff for your for your mustaches. They've got literally crates of stuff that will make your mustache stand up. You're you're hearing me correct on this. That's brocade.co. That's b-r-o-q-u-e-t dot c-o. It's not a com. It's a co. Um, so look, it, look. Even if you're trying to, you know, maybe tell that special someone in your life, hey, I, I'd like to take this to another level. What? Oh, you might, you might be gay, but you don't want to come out and say that first. You want to give them a gift box first. This is the place to get your gift box. If you're a new dad, if you're a father, if you want to try a dick for the first time, uh, and, or you want to send your dad something or a brother or a cousin or that weird uncle who gives you some cash sometimes at Thanksgiving to do some unmentionables underneath the dinner table, yeah. go to broke.co. That's B-R-O-Q-U-E-T dot C-O. Type in the promo code DRINKINGBROS. And you can get the manliest gifts that has ever been given to another man without being, you know, coy about it. And next up, y- you know him. Uh, Limber. I'm all hopped up on him. It's a little strike force. We're calling in the strike force. Uh, a little strike force. I didn't know that strike force. It's the tastiest little 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 energy drink. It in a tin pouch. Kick the can. You don't need a can anymore. You don't need Monster. You don't need Red Bull. You don't need anything. All you need is this little tiny tin pouch. It goes in waters, juices, beers, liqueurs, any type of liquid you can think of. You can also take it rectally. Fun fact: Did it over the weekend. Uh, I had the best. I ran the best 4K of my life on it uh, when I took it rectally. Listen, um, hey, you soak a tampon full of fucking strike force, insert it for, you know, uh, 13 to, to, to 14 minutes. You're running 4Ks like they're going out of style. I, I mean, yeah. I, look, look, I, I, I took it. Uh, for a buddy of mine took some in a tampon uh, gay guy. He went to a gay club. He said he danced for nine hours straight and found the man of his dreams on it. And that's also <laughs> an option. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so th- this, this episode is how not to promote <laughs> sponsors. Yeah. Str- look, straight or gay, strike force energy gets you where you need to be it, get, it gets you high on life it, it can get it can make Listen, you run faster it can make you dance harder uh go to strikeforceenergy.com you put it in your ass dicks <laughs> you, can do it, you can do whatever you want with your dicks uh you can go to strikeforceenergy.com type in the promo code drinking bros you get 20 percent off of every order they have a subscription and they ship anywhere in the entire world clint where, where were you deployed once uh, you know, I did some time overseas in Iraq, Afghanistan, Kosovo, Korea, Germany, just a few. Yeah. I, a, hey, so, so just, just a couple. Fun fact, Clint. I got an email from a boy in Korea who had ordered some strike force. 
he was rolling rice patties out in the street. He said he was making handmade sushi for his father. His little fingers were tired. He was exhausted all goddamn day. He ordered some strike force. They shipped it right, right to his fucking hut. Um, his fun fact is his dad is now the top sushi salesman in, in Korea. Uh, they ship oh, it I anywhere you were talking in the about world. Kim Jong-un or something. Yeah. <laughs> he's running North Korea. You, you can yeah. get it in North or South Korea is what I heard. That's the fucking rumor. If you're in North so, Korea, you can't listen to the show, but you can order Strike Force. Clint, fucking <laughs> Ross's mind is like watching a Rob Zombie horror movie where it doesn't make sense, but there's a lot of weird death. Yeah. So you just kind of got to yeah. go with it. You know? nod, nod your head and smile. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, Clint, you know what else you got to nod your head and smile at is if somebody comes through the door and they're looking to steal your TV because you got a little TartarusOrdnance.com. Boom, 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 boom. That's T-A-R-T-A-R-U-S-O-R-D-N-A-N-C-E. They are the leaders. TartarusOrdnance.com and Home Defense Ammunition. Uh, They got guns. They got ammo. Uh, They got everything you need to say, I wish a motherfucker would. You you know, fun. Well, I say, I say, I say, come at me, bro. Not come on me, bro. And that's, 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 I think appropriate for that. Yeah. But let's say somebody come on me, bro. And he's like, what? Do you think Tartarus would actually change that? To, to come, come at on me, not come on me. No, I think it's come on me still, okay. but but like. Right. <laughs> Fun fact though, Matt, if somebody We're does come on you and you don't want them to come on you, you can blow them away with uh. some Tartarus ordinance. Come on, guys. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Why I Tartarus, was, dude? A whole different demographic. You're talking. Blow them away. What did they say? I was going to make a gay joke, but but fuck it. Yeah. But, but fuck fuck it. Oh, there it is. There it is, Matt. Uh, go to tartarusordinance.com, type in the promo code Drinking Bros, get 10% off of every order uh if somebody if you look if you come on somebody or somebody comes on you you can celebrate with a little cigar uh go to warfightertobacco.com get yourself a, a hand-rolled cigar uh with they're made with cuban seeds uh finely rolled in the dominican republic uh jennifer lopez used to smoke him as a child on the block when she was jenny on the block um <laughs> If you go to warfightertobacco.com, type in the promo code Drinking Bros, you get 10% off of every order. They are 100% combat veteran owns. You can put down the fucking hookah and smoke his cigar. Fun fact, all of those guys have been in combat. I'm starting to see a weird trend, Ross. President Clinton smokes cigars. It's weird that our fucking sponsors are mostly all veterans. Hashtag fucking awesome. Yeah. Hashtag awesome. Fucking awesome! We, we've yeah. we've got the we've got the best sponsors on the planet. Um, look, uh, you know the lead character in At Night She Cries while he rides his steed <laughs> is well, oddly enough, in the sequel, be a veteran. You're welcome. He fights in the Civil War, taking it back. Uh, so you can go, but you can get the first one At Night She Cries while he rides his steed, the first ever romance novel for dudes on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, every dot com except for. Except for Walmart.com. You can't get, get it there. Uh, fuck they Walmart. said it's too offensive. Yep. So fuck Walmart. Yeah. Uh, fuck all of them. <laughs> Last but not least, yeah. we've, we got Super a little Walmart. bit of a Black Rifle Coffee. Evan Hafer. Why don't you tell us, Black tell us a little Rifle bit coffee. about your, your tasty co? You're, you just been on the podcast a lot tonight. I know. You know? Oh, absolutely. I've been on it in fucking the last like three promoting episodes that or something like that. fucking coffee company of yours. <laughs> oh, God, Matt. It's not stupid at all. I drink it's, it It's every amazing. Day. It's amazing. So, so Evan so. pays me in, in, in t-shirts and free coffee. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's pretty it's, awesome. It's, it's, a, it's a great deal for now. I mean, until he starts drinking more coffee and then it might actually be a bad deal. But <laughs> or wearing less t-shirts. If, if I drank coffee like I did whiskey, I'd probably put you out of business. Yeah. that I wouldn't have cut that deal whatsoever. <laughs> so, uh... Black Rifle Coffee is so. Here's the here's the here it is right. It's a premium roast to order coffee company. We roast the finest, freshest coffee in the United States, and we deliver it to your doorstep in the shortest amount of time. Whoa! So Black Rifle Coffee right now, uh, our membership is the only thing you can purchase because, well, you know what? We take care of our members. That's what we do. And so right now, you can order the Black Rifle Coffee Club membership. And you can use drinking or drinking. So you could use either one. You're still going to get the discount code. Which is the best way because uh, Evan has opened up my whole life to what coffee is. And I, and I, I hate when I always, I feel like I'm just supporting you because you're one of my best friends. But at the end of the day, the coffee is so legit. And when you broke down all that shit, fucking love it. 
Because if you buy five bags of coffee that lasts you six months, fuck that. The, the subscription-based no. <laughs> thing, you actually save a fuck ton of money, and it's fresh every time. And the consistency and taste from, like, three weeks out compared... I, you made me a coffee snob, you fuck. Yeah, wow. you did. That's, that's, that's what I do. I, I can't even drink Korg anymore. That's my... Or Keurig, Keurig whatever. Yeah. My favorite shit, too. Because I'm like, I'm a lazy motherfucker. Now I'm over there French pressing at seven in the morning. Like, Evan, <laughs> you <sighs> fuck. Evan, I'm going to convert them all. Ross. Hey, by the way, it's a great point. Do we you guys do. have K cups? We do. We yeah. do. Caffeinated as fuck. So I tried to we be got like, yeah, I said we. Sorry. And just black. So both. We've got both K cups. And they are. So a, a little thing that a lot of people don't know about Black Rifle K cups is I just went to the guy that won the the uh, K-Cup International Tasting Competition a couple years in a row. Juan Valdez. And I was like... Y- yep, Jonathan, yeah, exactly. Jonathan Juan, Helmsley. Jonathan, his name, Clint? Jonathan Clint's Juan Valdez. I'm and impressed. <laughs> I, I didn't want to reinvent the wheel. I said, dude, just uh, take my coffee and do it the way that you do. So that's what we did. He developed RK-Cups for us, and I would stack RK-Cups against anybody's in the nation because they are the best. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Fuck, fuck yeah, dude. yeah. Well, okay, and well, uh, yeah. last but not least, go to drinkingbrospodcast.com. Uh, that's drinkingbros, exactly like the show, podcast.com, for, for all your, your sweet T-shirt needs. Uh, we got the France Press shirt from Jared. We got some dicks out for Harambe shirts up in that motherfucker. And then, then we've got your, your, your plain and simple classics, your tri-blends. Uh, go to drinkingbrospodcast.com for all, all your needs. You can also, you can also get a, a France Press to uh, drink like Jared or make coffee like Evan. Uh, those are on sale now. Grab them while they're hot. In the meantime, Clint, welcome to the motherfucking show. It's an honor to yeah. have you here, sir. It's fucking awesome to be here. I heard a, ru- I heard a nasty little rumor that you wrote a fine, fine oh, piece true. of literature. You got a book out right now. I do. I do. It came out uh, back in, what month is this? Crap, I forgot already. Um, May 3rd it released, um, called Red Platoon. True story of American Valor. Um, wrote the book over the course of about two years, and a lot of it came from really what tied it together and made it such a phenomenal story. Is traveled around the country and the the fifty two other Americans I was there with when October third happened at Cop Keating, where we got overran, where I received uh, the Medal of Honor for actions, uh, being able to go around the country and capture the stories of the guys I was there with and their perspective. And I think it's almost. I think you're almost 23 pages into that book before you ever get a mention of my name, which was specifically done because, you know, having the, the status of being a Medal of Honor recipient, um, you kind of get the recognition right off the bat from that. But it was those other guys that were there with me that day that, you know, doing the book, I truly felt like capturing their voice, um, letting their acknowledgments and, and their actions be recognized through, you know, the, the printed word and kind of immortalized that way was my way to give back to those guys for saving my ass that day. I want to suck a fucking bald eagle's dick after that, dude. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. fucking A, dude. Yeah. If, if that was any more American, Colonel Sanders would have shot out of my dick hole. Um, no, <laughs> hey, Ross, seriously, though, if, 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 you, if you get to know Clint, I mean, I forget when I met you, Clint. It's been, it's been, it's been, I don't know, probably a year and a half now. Yeah. And, uh, dude, well, I mean, we were both really drunk and yeah, we're always drunk. God damn it. Uh, that's how, that's, by the way, Clint- that, that's, that starts every story with how you meet Matt, man. For, okay. I, I was really yeah. drunk, we were really drunk. Yeah. But I we didn't make eye contact. Cl- Clint and I resonate in so many levels, man. We were chilling today at the house and it was just conversational about like where a lot of the community is and like people where, and I'm speaking solely for myself at this point, but like where, like, I, I truly believe that he, he's been put in a position where he didn't necessarily want to be because. You know, you you can't always. I uh, mean, you don't get to pick what you do. Sometimes you, you're exactly. just put in a situation, and and he he took it to be the fucking a man and to support his brothers that fucking sacrifice. It's 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 a fucking awesome story, and, and dude, it's a pleasure to have you here, man. I fucking love you, dude, and like I, I drink whiskey with y'all. I fucking <laughs> love it, dude. Yeah, hey, love it, hey, Clint. So so kind of take me back here. Um, when you won the Medal of Honor, it was for your action. Uh, b- 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 it, awarded. Get with your shit, <laughs> Ross. When you were awarded. Hey, look, I'm learning. I'm learning on the fly, uh, and I ain't got wings. You're not. Um, what, what, I, I don't do that for the, yeah. the military audience because you're a recipient, yeah, you're not yeah, awarded. I, I, absolutely, absolutely. The, um, you, you didn't win a fucking prize, all right? No, 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 no. <laughs> you didn't. You well, didn't grab a pack a of cool, a, cool cigarettes and a lottery ticket, and yeah. all of a sudden you got this. Yeah. Well, look, hey, that, that's, that's, a, that's a great point because to us civilians, it, it's it seems like such a like a high award. I, I you know, we think that you might have been up against like like a hundred other people, and then you won. They chose you. 
uh, kind of break that down for the audience of how one even gets it. Uh, I, I think that would be helpful. So the, the way the awards process works, it actually comes, um, and it sounds crazy nowadays, um, you have to have two people that witness you do whatever you did. Okay. Um, and it can be recommended from a private on the ground or your, your commander. The recommendation has no rank bearing on it. The other thing is, is those two people have to be able to read and write English because they have to put in a sworn statement what they saw you do. Right. Um, from there, uh, it, can, it runs up can, the chain. Can I ask a question on that too? Is, is that based off like the after actions review or is that like a, a statement you submit for the actual award? It, it, it's a compilation of the after actions review and the investigation. And like okay. for my case, uh, actually, when everything was done, said and over with, uh, I was initially told they were going to put me in for DSC the English service cross. Right. And, you know, it was one of those things. We still had nine more months left in country. Uh, the concern was making sure, you know, the eight guys we lost, they got their due. Um, the, the great guys I was there with, like I said, my lieutenant, uh, first deployment ever. Uh, he was on the scene commander run that day running everything. Uh, my team leader, Larson, you know, just worrying about their awards first. Uh, and I made, actually, I got out of the Army never even knowing anything. Um, transitioned out. Heard rumors that, yeah, there's going to be a DSC, maybe, whatever. And it wasn't until I got this random phone call out in the oil fields one day, which was hilarious, um, answer the phone from this number that was out of Washington, D.C., which I'll probably never do again. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And as soon as, you know, I pick up the phone and it's this colonel on the other end of the line, and he asked me to identify myself, I do. The first thing I'm thinking is, what are the statute of limitations for anything I've ever done? I'm in so much fucking trouble. <laughs> I'm fucked. Yeah. Fuck. I've been out for almost a year now. They caught me finally. And, you know, they basically told me, hey, look, you need to come to, to D.C. We got something to tell you. We can't tell you over the phone. And I told them, I was like, look, I don't have enough vacation days saved up yet. So uh, I'll get there when I can. And I hung up on them. No Fuck way. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking yeah. love this. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's. Not every day you get to hang up on a colonel and not get fucking called in the commander's <laughs> office. And so it was like two weeks later. And, you know, the only thing I can think of, I called up my old lieutenant. I called up my old commander. They didn't hear anything and, you know, kind of thought it's like, all right, I'm just going to go to the, the Pentagon real quick. They'll hand me a DSC, shake my hand. I'll be on my way. Life will be back to what it was. Um, and they flew me out to D.C. I show up. I got a full bird colonel, full uniform dress waiting there for me which was awesome because I took my time getting off the plane and I smoked a cigarette and made him wait even longer. <laughs> Fuck you. Dude, enlisted <laughs> to the bone, Clint. I yeah. fucking love it. Yeah. I fucking love it. You know, and we, we strolled to the Pentagon and I'm like, all right, cool. Never been in this building. Never want to be in this building. Um, and like we blow past security and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like I still, I'm still dragging my carry on bag and the security guy takes it. Oh, we got this. And all of a sudden you got all these colonels and generals just fawning over you. Like, Oh, appreciate it. Thank you. So oh, Clint, thank you. Clint Romisha. Oh, it's obviously you don't know me, sir. You mispronounced my name, you jackass. And uh, that's me. Romishi. Romishi. Who? And so, of course, you know, the army being the army, we go into this big room, huge conference uh, table. They've got a PowerPoint slide already freaking up oh, on the board. God. Gotta love it. And I sit down at the head of the table and they just start yakking and I'm like Charlie Brown in a freaking class. I just, I'm not hearing shit. And I look down and there's three, good three posters in front of me and one's Sal Junta, the, the first living re uh, recipient of the medal from uh, Afghanistan. The next one's Leroy, Leroy, Leroy Petrie. Shout and, out to Leroy. Fucking amazing dude. Hey, Leroy, clap. <laughs> oh shit, <laughs> you got a bionic arm. <laughs> and uh, one was uh, a Sergeant Sabo, a uh, Vietnam posthumous. And it's all, you know, medal of honor, medal of honor, medal of honor. And I'm sitting there, and I don't know if I was staring at those pictures for five seconds or 20 minutes. And I finally kind of look up, and I called the timeout, and I'm like, hey, guys, wh what the fuck is this? And, of course, got to love the officer corps. One of the, the colonels looks over at me. He's like, you don't know Sergeant Romache? I look at him. I'm like, I wouldn't ask the question if I fucking knew, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, another one chimes in that says, well, you know, you'll, you're going to be receiving the Medal of Honor. And I say, for what? I was like, I got put in for a DSC, so that, that doesn't add up. And they're like, well, you've been recommended for upgrade, and short of the president signing the award, you will be receiving the, the Medal of Honor. And I kind of looked at it again, and it's like, for fucking what? I was like, I did the exact same job that I know deep down in my heart any other soldier would have done that day. Um, 
there was eight guys that never came home. I they gave up. Say any other soldier, well, okay, but yes, yeah, a, a, a yeah. lot of motherfuckers. Yeah, That's, I okay. mean, it just you know it goes back to timing. You know, you don't get to pick and choose, but it's one of those moments where you know what we we know deep down inside what right is, um, and when action needs to take. And I thought it was just stupid. It's like who the hell would think about hey let's well, let's lead a counterattack when we're getting overran by three hundred guys? That's fucking stupid. But it worked out. Right. <laughs> I will say this, man. I think going forward, and, and, and a lot of you know the guys that have been in the community for a while, like Evan and me for a little bit, I think what a judgment of character is, and I think maybe you can attest to this, Evan, is not necessarily of like defining your life by one day. And I think a lot of people tend to do that. They go, hey, man, I got this. I, I won this. I got the bronze star, whatever the case is. But it's like, Prove your actions going forward and, and using that as like almost like a foundation and a basis to continue to do good things. things yeah. And that's why right. I, I have such a fucking uh, an amount of reverence for you because you consistently try to do the right thing. And like you're not going to be fucking perfect, dude. None of us are. I fuck up every single day. <laughs> but like you're always out there like, hey, this this did this for me. How can I use this to fucking help my bros who are making nine dollars an hour at this fucking job? Like, let, let's get you out from your fucking crazy life to go hunt and all this shit we talked about saying it's fucking rad man and i think there needs to be more leaders in the community like you so i hope you know that we all value and 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 all that aside from uh, all the other craziness because ross i I don't think you know and i I, we spoke with a lot of moh guys like it's it's almost it's a blessing and a burden like you literally overnight say be this this, person and people judge the fuck out of you dude yeah, and, and I guess a metal water recipient shouldn't have a fucking beard. And you're like, what? What? Like what? what? I'm like, what? Oh yeah, wear this thing the entire way up into the that ceremony. That mustache is glorious. <laughs> so, so Clint, uh, but but that, but that takes me back to your book. What year did you receive the award? Um, for you know, what year was that? I, I received it in uh, February 2013. Um, for actions on October 3rd, 2009. So there is you know a little lag in there between. You know, it's not like it happens overnight. No, absolutely. But and and I, But I'm curious as to what made you want to tell the story now. Was it hard to go back and look at on that time? Uh, you know, or, or did you feel it, like it now actually, is the right time to tell your story? You know, it actually came from uh, a lot of the guys I served with and, and the families, um, the families of the guys we lost, because all they really had to hold on to of the story was the redaction of the yeah. 15-6. Yep. Um, yep. Jake Tapper had done the book, The Outpost, but it was you know, a third person perspective of doing it. You know, he covered a lot of great history of the outpost, you know, did a, did a very good job of that. But, you know, as veterans, I think if we don't tell our story, someone else is going to do it. And when they do it, they might not potentially misrepresent that. Absolutely. And like I said, it was from the guys that said, Hey, look, you know, you, you've got an opportunity. You should, you should write a book, tell our stories. And I said, well, if I'm going to do it, you guys are going to participate. And because of their participation is, you know, really what kicked that's it what's off. That's amazing. You didn't just say, I'm writing a book. You went around, interviewed well, the soldiers, the family, the whole Well, that's because the publisher wouldn't let me just do a coloring book. So we had to <laughs> context in it. That was, well, Cl- I, hey, that was Clint's original point. I wanted a color book. Well, I wanted to pop out things. I, I wanted a, a coloring book or I wanted to choose your own adventure. Yeah. I thought that would be pretty sweet. It's like, oh, no. I that, that's that your page. book, Evan. You, you make a yeah, fucking color the, book. The It'd choose be your clowns own adventure. in action. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I want to write, but. Yeah, I, I will second what, what Matt said, which is, you know, we've, we, we've talked to, gosh, I don't know how many, how many guys over the past couple of years, at least. I'm not lumping you and me in the same category, but as far as humility and what, what you've done, what you've accomplished and the people that you know, we've come into contact, I've come into contact. One of the biggest things I respect about Clint is like, you would never know. Like you, you would absolutely never know. You have to pull it out of him. Like, Hey, what, what exactly did you do? So, and, and I'm not saying that, that everybody is like that, but you'll, you'll definitely know like the guys that, that have maybe done some weird award and they're like, Hey, I've got the Arcom and With I'm feet. badass, dude. You're like me when I just throw it out there. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, no, <laughs> but that's, uh, that's one of the things that struck me about Clint, first of all, which was like, he is, he is absolutely one of the most humble people. And so when he says, no, this is a good book, I'm going to listen. I, I really am. I'm going to listen. I'm going to say, okay, Roger that, dude. You're, you're telling me, so I'm going to listen. So just being around you, even for, you know, 
what, what we had range 15 and then the range 15 premiere and then now here he's like just he's just a regular that's dude the fucking oh that's yeah a regular dude. Yeah. like if you weren't i would fucking probably talk shit but yeah absolutely <laughs> it, dude the fact <laughs> that like someone in your position that gets judged so much just jumped on range 15 of how aggressive that script was was right. fucking awesome dude like Anyways, I guess we're all we're talking enlisted, more like we're talking friends in the inner circle enlisted right Enlisted to the bone, yeah. like you just enlisted said, like to the he is bone. fucking enlisted. Like I said, to the that was bone, one of the greatest bro. phone calls I got from JT. It's like, hey, you want to be in this movie? It's like, yep, all right, cool. It's like, oh, fucking negotiations <laughs> really? over. Yeah. yeah, that's it. It's, that's <laughs> all we need. Jared, yeah, we yeah. miss him. Yeah. <laughs> that's always Jared, by the way. Um, <laughs> He's the man. Yeah, and and you, by the way, you and Leroy, everybody loves in the movie. Like that. Uh, oh, we, yeah. we, we, oh, that's what we we hear. <laughs> The most of it. I, like, I can't believe I those guys we, did that movie. I think we need to blow an extremity off of, uh, not blow him, but blow an extremity <laughs> off right, of Clint. Because right. Leroy lost his other hand. No, so, you, you know what's funny? I think in the mm. sequel, like, uh, yeah, Leroy should j- just start losing legs. So, like, every movie, he keeps losing <laughs> something. Clint is yeah. totally Jesus. fine, <laughs> and he's just like, oh, See, God. It, Leroy, it's, it's like a Monty Python shit together. Yeah. yeah. It's like a Monty Python movie. <laughs> I don't know if you, so I don't know if you know the extent of Leroy was not my company, but he went to Deco, and one of my best friends, uh, I won't say his last name, Daniel, went over from my squad. He grew up in San Luis Obispo, and I'm from Santa Barbara. So when he first came to fucking um, Alpha First Platoon, I was like, oh shit, dude, we hit it off, and we did I think two deployments together, and then that last one he went to Deco with Leroy. Well, he Leroy got the MOH for saving, saving Daniel's it. life, and Gather Cole, who was also we went out partying like the day before he left. But it, it's always that weird, weird mixture in this community. And we we yeah, even Evan and I we were telling the right. story today, and we resonated. It was like, holy fuck, you know this dude? Like, you worked in the office with him. I worked in the office with him. So it's it's kind of cool to see how small the community is, and 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 to see all these guys doing fucking awesome things, man. It motivates me to be better than my drunk shit show self every day. So. <laughs> That's yeah. absolutely yeah, not and, true. And, and, He's and Clint, he, he is I, not. He is not a drunk. drunk shit show. I will. I will attest to that. He, he, he is not. <laughs> now, right now, maybe he's working on working it. On not right now. Not all the time. I got a flight at five in the morning, so that's gonna be a little brutal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's in the morning now. Yeah, mm-hmm. fuck it. I'll miss it. You know. <laughs> hey, so so easy to change. Clint, Clint, what's one thing you're hoping that people take away after reading your book? He's got a nice dick. What? what? Okay. Yeah. There's <laughs> there's a dick pic. There's a dick pic in the somewhere in the the book there's a dick pic. So, is it really? No. <laughs> no. no. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. You gotta go buy it to find out though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'd be a sweet Easter egg of like, wow, find find Clint's dick in the oh, book. Well, no. Shit. That well, sounds that sounds like our book, Ross. So we won't talk about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Year. Right. You know, but to to answer your question, I mean it's I, I really hope like I said, write in the book with the, the perspective of the guys and, and trying to do it in such a way that most people that haven't served can pick it up and they're not flipping back and forth between acronym pages all freaking day. Um, they can read it and at least get some sort of sliver of, you know, the, the average American that serves. We, we come from all different walks of life, all different races, religions, creeds, and we all go put on the same uniform and we all go put, you know, our, our freedom on the line to serve for others and it's that brotherly love, that, that camaraderie that you just don't see unless you do that. And ha- hopefully that'll come across. They know what true sacrifice to keep this country free is. Dude, okay. You just hit on such a... It gave me fucking chills. Yeah. I literally have chills Oh, look, now. you got goose pimples. Yep, I do. So it's such a good point you just made. And I think that's why like a lot of us that have deployed and done these things, like we don't fall into these like social constructs of racism and prejudice because I, we don't fucking care. care I can yeah. say like... Shut up, you're black. Shut up, whitey. Like, it doesn't, like, yeah. th- that's all faced value. But at the end of the day, Dang. I know when we're fucking getting ambushed, where I don't care if you're Mexican, black, white, fucking Puerto Rican, you're fucking a Christian, you're a fucking Jew. It does not, not matter to me. I got your back, you got mine. Yep. And it's such a hard concept for a lot of people in, like, contemporary American society to wrap their brains around where, like, they want to, they, they say races, racism shouldn't exist. We watch that fucking black eyed keys thing. It's like, oh, yeah. Fucking literally. Wait fucking influencing racism but then right. saying we should Shut all up. love each other right. but this fucking this part of society is wrong You're like dude none of that fucking matters let's just all come to a common goal we all have different opinions we all have different preferences but like what's the big goal not dying in a fucking firefight and killing a motherfucker that wants to create humanitarian fucking issues and murder kids and rape kids we can all get on board on that right. it's like for us i think maybe level thinkers it's a pretty easy concept but like Fuck, man. It's it, very straightforward if you just break it down to the bare necessities of it. And 
that's, yeah, that's something I think a lot of the American public doesn't understand that, you know, veterans kind of get labeled with, with certain things they do. Um, you know, we're, we're pretty aggressive in just our, our manner coming back, but I don't think they truly understand that. It's like, we don't go over there because we hate, I mean, you know, you can kind of get a little hatred for those yahoos and the shit they yeah. do, but right. when push them a little bit, yeah, yeah. But when push comes to shove, when the bullets are flying, you're not running out to, to go, you know, save your buddy. Cause you want to go kill that Yahoo shooting at you. You're going out because you love that motherfucker so much. You won't, you right. know that it's going to be perpetuated and come back to you. It was a funny concept we talked about earlier, not even concept, but actually like re- reality is like when people are like, Oh, you're, you're just willing to go over there and murder people. Like I, mor- morality is found on an individual level. Right. And yep. your actions are based off of like, I believe what is right and wrong. You go in the whole religious thing of like a true gift, all, all these crazy things, but I'm saying morality, like, I don't believe that murdering someone in cold blood is correct, right? right. Pretty much everybody right. believes that. Yeah. But then the people that are judging are the same people that are voting for a fucking politician or whatever. And I'm not going to make this political a little bit, but Please. that, that are Please influencing do. the decisions that make us go fucking deploy. So it's like, if, you, if you're a patriot and believe in America, absolutely I'm deploy from the greater, the greater social vote in America. Right. Let's go do this. And then I'm going to act on individual like morality so like it's hard to like when you and and life is not perfect it's the same thing with law enforcement where they're like you shot this dude throw someone in a fucking in in a setting where they have to react in a second notice to either save their friend save their life or kill somebody right make that decision you can't they're not it's a brutal fucking world man and and, and I, for people to sit on a pedestal and judge, please, Evan. I'll, I'll back that up, which is, and, I, and not only back it up, but I think we have to go all the way back to the fact that a lot of people or most people in the United States think that military guys, they have this like recollection of the guy they went to high school with, right? right. He is not, he or she is not the same individual. They are not. They go through 8, 12, 16, however many weeks of reforging. They've, re- they've reformatted DNA at that point. So whoever you, you, you knew back in high school, that is not the same guy that is deployed downrange. That is absolutely a different person. They don't understand that that jackass that was drinking beers and fucking crashing cars and getting in fistfights in high school is... That jackassery is directly well, translated. It's a refined jackassery. It's an yeah. absolutely refined jackassery. And those guys, you know, we were those guys. Like, and I'll, I'll back that up to, to myself, which was I was that guy. I had, I don't know, 20-some different fights in high school. I was a fuck-up. The, the military, what it did was it reforged DNA and refined my energy to a specific point. And it's not hatred, which was I love the Army. I loved the army. And when I say love, I still do. And so when I, when I came out of that experience at, you know, 18 and a half years, I was a different individual. And I think a lot of people don't understand the context in which those people have reformatted their DNA. They've deployed overseas. They love their country. But more importantly, the guy to their left and right they became my family. Yeah. But, but, and, but see, and that's the hard point that gets across, right? There's a social construct where it says that, like, I know what a military guy is. Right. It's that fucking, oh, left uh, dress, right uh, dress, which is like when you, the more and more you fucking envelop yourself in the military and, and, and community, it, it's not that way, dude. You have not. dudes that are writing emo songs, creating fucking paintings and all this right. shit. They're, they're normal people. It's, it's a niche part of society that just exists in like a separate demographic. There's, they're the same as everybody else, but they serve to serve their country. And, and it sucks that that's what we're painted these days. Yeah. yeah. And I think that it's, you know, I hate to say that conscription would be needed in order to cross pollinate that experience to a point where it would be beneficial to society. But ultimately, <laughs> yeah, dinner's um, done. Di- yeah. Dinner's <laughs> done. <laughs> uh, ultimately, that's, that's what it would take. I mean, it's a volunteer force, right? So guys that are standing up and raising their hand and, and taking a commitment to the constitution at 18 years old, you might not understand exactly what that means, but I'll tell you what, after your first deployment to Afghanistan or Iraq or whatever fucking shithole you deployed to, you know exactly what that means. Right. And you know exactly what the forfeiture of liberty and in freedom, what that takes in order to put well, this thing, it this breaks big you out machine. of that fucking thinking where you're like, life is great. It, it, listen, and it's a fucked up mentality and a macabre sense of fucking outlook. But at the end of the day, humanity is pretty disgusting. It and is. I, I, oh, I talk about it all the time. When you see 
free humanity. It is a dark, disgusting power. Like everybody wants to be powerful. And it's just like, I think when you, you share those experiences with your brothers and that, like you find a sense of like humility and a sense of purpose. Where you're like, I never want, if I have kids to be in that position, I never want my family to be in that position. I don't want, you know, my wife to be in that position. I'm going to be like, I just want to exist and live a happy life. So I think it gives purpose. So I think a lot of people won't understand that. Does that make sense to you at all, Ross? Yeah, absolutely. We're getting all philosophical over yeah. here. Manly Evan with that fucking no, sorry, guys. No, no but it's sorry. like, look, you, you have a, a guy like Clint on the show and you want to ask these questions. You want to talk about these type of topics. Um, that award in particular holds so much weight to so many people that it's like, you know, once you start talking about this, you really want to get going. Like, there, look, there's a thousand right. questions I want to ask. I don't know how much time you have here, Clint. But um, uh, Thursday. Or, uh, look, uh, okay, perfect. <laughs> Best answer yeah, ever. Because, Thursday. You know, in, in the book, I, I'd love to know, uh, so, you know, something about what Matt touched on earlier is, is, is it a burden kind of to carry this around with you? Like, is there so many expectations it, it, placed on you and the award that, you know, going through your day-to-day life, it, it's, kind, it's, it's kind of hard and worrisome at all? I mean, it's, it's a blessing and a burden all in the same thing. Um, I mean, and you're basically overnight turned into, you know, you're put on a pedestal because everyone thinks you're, you know, a hero. And, you know, my personal belief is I, I never look at myself as a hero. My definition of heroes are those that don't come home. And so to hear people call you that, it's like, no, I was just, I was a warrior. I was a soldier. That's what I was. Um, you know, the, the actions that day, you know, I've only had the, you know, I've been wearing the medal since 2013. When I look back, what I did that day was easier than what I do every day wearing it. Um, the, the burden, boom, that's fucking, uh, yeah. you know, the, the, the burden of, you know, eight guys that didn't come home, uh, I'd trade any accolades, any attention, anything possible to have one more beer with any one of those guys. Um, but that's not, that's not possible. That's the reality of it. Uh, but to now be able to share their story to make sure they're, they're immortalized, never forgotten. Um, cause that's, that's the biggest tragedy in the world is when our heroes are, are forgotten. But I think, and ultimately, like we talked about that earlier, like Ross, so the MOH, like from what I've, when I, what I've, and I have no understanding cause I've never even come close to that kind of sacrifice, but like you're, you're in a, a good position, but it's hard because you come overnight and it's the whole like societal thing we're talking about. It's like fucking Susie homemaker that makes cookies that's 60 years old, thinks a medal of honor recipient should be fucking, you know, looking like goddamn you know, I don't know, um, uh, Captain America. And it's like, it's what? hard for people to identify and then be like, well, why is he drinking whiskey saying fuck? Yeah, and that's, you know? and that's what right. I think a lot of people don't understand. It's not a lifetime achievement award. It's not a popularity contest. No. It's for a specific it's, you action. Had, of, you, you had the worst day of your life and you were fucking valorous. You, weren't, you were a fucking man and you did your best to save your friends, which is like, obviously, one of the legendary. I mean, that's why it's, it's fucking awesome. But then... I I can't imagine, man. And I guess what the point I'm making is it's like, it it could be really hard. But then again, what I was talking about earlier, like you've taken that opportunity to be like, how can I use where I'm at in life to remember the dudes that like the the other guys that didn't fucking make it home. How about I use my fucking celebrity status to, Hey, this is their story. This is their family. This is what they died. Hey, Ryan or whoever he hated fucking veggie MREs. Like that's fun. Those are fun (laughs) facts that like should be in the book. And like people love about that, man. You know, and it, you know, it really kind of goes back to what we were talking earlier today with veterans and, and some of the things you see are going on. You know, for me, receiving the medal is not my defining moment in life. My defining moment will be, one, what my kids do when they grow up. And I think we kind of get stuck as veterans in these little ruts of this is what I am now. This is what I have to so resort have to back to. Right. And no, we got to keep pushing forward. We got to take that next step. We got to we got to improve ourselves or those around us, or if not, we're, we're going to be that silent majority that's going to continue to get ignored. Um, and that's what I hope to do without, you know, drinking too much whiskey and getting arrested every other weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's look, it, it's from, from our standpoint, it's, it's humbling to have you on the show. I mean, if you look at Jared, you know, his, his hardest moment in life was when McDonald's wasn't serving breakfast all day. So, um, <laughs> Goddamn Jimmy Jones, Jones. Jones. <laughs> rebel, rebel. <clears throat> Uh, so so let me ask you this, Clint, out of uh, all the people you've gotten to meet, who's the coolest person you got to meet as a, as a benefit of having the award? I had a mustache contest with uh, Tom Selleck. No way. (laughs) You really? I dominated him. Yeah. Your mustache (laughs) is legendary, bro. (laughs) 
You're did did he say so? Did he legendary. give you a shout out? Uh, well, no, he, he defended himself with saying, well, I'm still filming, filming Blue Blood, so I have to keep it within copy regulations. And I said, whatever, Quigley. <laughs> <laughs> but no, super, super cool guy, though. I mean, he was pretty, pretty epic. I mean, uh, the other things, I, I think the next most memorable, really the most memorable experience is, uh, is two of my team leaders and one of my, and my lieutenant. They're all from Minnesota, huge hockey fans, huge Minnesota Wild fans. And I had the opportunity to take them to a Minnesota Wild game and meet the team and to be able to see the looks on their faces to be able to experience something like that now that i had the ability to kind of share that back with them that was just so fucking rad i mean just to to see them be little schoolgirls around some of those hockey players (laughs) and being from minnesota that was that makes it worth it absolutely it's fucking rad that's that's really great and you're your friends in real life uh just tell everybody at home in real life you're, you're really good friends with with leroy correct Yes. Yep. Me and Leroy, uh, actually shoot. We were just together down in uh, Florida here a couple of weeks ago with one of the nonprofits we support. Um, you gotta love Leroy. 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 Whiskey's kicking in. Welcome to drinking bros. Welcome to drinking bros. Yeah. You know, just mispronouncing fucking M O H fucking. Yeah. Old Leroy, dude. You you just Leroy pronounced it like 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 an eight year old Asian. An eight year old Asian. Uh, Oh, hi, Leroy. Uh, let, let me ask Leroy's you this. I, I got one more cl- uh, question for you, Clint. Uh, I've heard there is uh, a rivalry among some of the MOH guys. Is that true? Uh, a rivalry? Um, well, it's more of like well, a dick measuring competition. It's like, not like metaphorically, literally. Yeah, literally, I mean, yeah, yeah. literally. Yeah. Which, which sucks because Clint's dick is way bigger than mine. <laughs> oh, that, no, that's, you, you don't know. I pull my measurement from my belly button every time. No, but, but we, had, we were comparing them tip to tip. We were docking. Oh, we were jousting earlier, yeah, but. He, yeah. What? what? <laughs> yeah, but I, I, heard, I heard the MOH guys like, like to say who's braver. We had that in the script at one point in range 15. Uh, do you guys sit around and talk about that? Because that was the rumor going around. <laughs> you, know, you know, what's really actually funny is. When, you know, the recipients get together at least once a year um, for a big convention and stuff. And the first time I, I went to the convention in 2013, you know, I was just at all that I was in the same room with 50 other Medal of Honor recipients. I don't think there was one war story told that entire five days we were together. Um, we talked about our families. We, we, we talked about stuff we were doing in life. And that was, you know, I was scared shitless because said never in a million years that I think I'd meet a recipient, let alone be one. And the one chance I did have a meeting a recipient, me and my buddies got drunk at the uh, squadron ball. The commander kicked us out. <laughs> Dude, it's funny to say that. So Ross and I are working on a, a book project, and it's like in the opening chapter where it's like when, when you meet the baddest motherfuckers on the planet, at least in my experience, like dudes that I'm like, God damn, that guy's amazing. They, they don't tell war stories. They're like, hire your kids, bro. Yep. Oh, fish might be a little overcooked. You want a Coors Light? And you're like, I would never fuck with that dude. He would fuck me up twice, then fuck my wife, then kill me again. So, yeah, it, that, that, I think that's a testament to humility and, and goes back to the whole thing. So that, that's awesome, man. I'm just happy to have you in the fucking show. We just talk about whiskey now, you know? Yeah, I know. Lighten this motherfucker yeah, up, dude. Let's lighten it you up. Know? Speaking of whiskey. Wait, where, where can everybody get whiskey. the book, by the way? Clint, where can everybody get, 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 get a copy of the book? It's available on Amazon. Um, Barnes and Noble carries it. Uh, I think Costco carries it. And what's oh. the name of the book? Uh, the name of the book is Red Platoon: A True Story of American Valor. Unless you're buying it in the UK, and then they got some weird title on it. But <laughs> I prefer the audio might. version, and, and I recommend that for all the Marine listeners out there. The audio <laughs> version. Way to go. There it is. Do you do it? Do you do the audio it. version? Is it you? Well, uh, I do parts of it. Um, and then there's those four syllable words that just fuck me up. So the because I mean that yeah. Ta ta hey ta hey ta ta no worst three days of my life was doing that the audio I did like the prologue the 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 notes and literally the director would say just read it like you would normally. Well, I apparently when I see contraction words I say the whole thing like instead of can't I say cannot when I read it. And even though I know you're listening to the audio book and you're not following along because we had we don't have the tape for Teddy Ruxpin for you to do this on. Right. Oh yeah, every time I'd say cannot, it'd be like, "Oh, hold on, stop. We need to go back." 
Oh, you'd say can't. What? I gotta say can't. And yeah. I haven't, and I have an accent, and I did not realize that I say especially incorrectly. Especially. Instead I say especially. Yep. And, and, yeah, and yeah, doing it, because doing an audiobook is semantics. harder than people think it right. is. You're, it's oh, about yeah. eight hours it's like, oh, a I just day. Read. If you're doing the full book, it's about eight hours oh. a day for about six to seven days. And they stop you yeah. if you miss if you miss one oh, yeah. word. It's uh, and you restart from the get. Yeah. Dude, oh brutal. yeah. Yeah. Ross, I told you that when we did the uh, ADR, which is like the voiceovers for Range Fifteen, that was the hardest like experience for me as I don't want to say an actor, but like doing that. That was fucking brutal because acting, I'm like I'll just fucking yell during the camera, whatever. <laughs> but ADR trying to trying to match those lines with your voice and then recreate that. Fuck, bro. Yeah. I was. I was sucking in the booth. I was like, don't go, don't go over there. <laughs> like, Ross is like, yeah, yeah so I need yeah. you to say don't go there. I'm like, don't go there. <laughs> Fucking horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah, imagine reading the words to the book that you wrote uh, and then listening to somebody else telling you you're else. reading it wrong. You literally right? just yeah. want to go fuck uh, yourself, dude. Clint, you said, and, and, and you the guy, said that wrong. And the guy was doing it on Skype, too, and we didn't have the best connection. Oh, shit. So, of course, then you get the, the lag and he thinks, oh, dude. Yeah, that was the one time in my life where I'm like, oh, man, I'd rather be on a road march right now with no shoes on. <laughs> Never. I'd rather Never. take a glass tube and shove it up my pee hole and then douse fucking Tabasco sauce down it. Dude, can you imagine? So if, it was pretty bad. Can I'm you not... imagine if someone stuck like a glass test tube in your urethra, then, then hammered your it? dick on, on the tip and just, and just sna- it snapped, snapped it inside? It? And then you had a piss. God, that would be bad. Or a fiberglass yeah. rod where it fucking... Oh, oh the glass. Oh, man, that's bad. That's bad. That's... Wow. God damn. So, that would uh, be awful. Hey, so, wait, wait to end yeah. the show, though. So, you ended it strong. Yeah. It was a real strong we thought we'd ending. escalate it quickly. <laughs> Carl did just stop in and say hi. He did just come in and say hi, get a little quiet quick uh pats on the head and then roll out we should make this uh we should make this an hour episode just because we got one one episode with mr clint you know extended a little bit we should have a little drunk times you know i've got a good buzz on i gotta get up in five hours for a fucking flight five hours let's make it weird yeah why why not why not clint what's the most fucked up you've ever gotten in your entire life <laughs> oh man, that was actually probably only a couple of weeks ago. Glenn Livet, f- twenty-five. Yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, I know yeah. it. I know it. I was drinking an, an entire bottle of Glenn Livet, twenty-five, which is uh, probably Glenn, the most Glenn expensive. Glenn Livet will take you down every time, though. Yeah, but it's twenty-five. <laughs> yeah, which it's a thousand-dollar thousand-dollar bottle. bottle. That's a, a, and then <laughs> I was taking polls from Louis the Thirteenth, and then we went to the Tim McGraw concert, which I was drinking Bud Lights, and then I had six hours of unaccountable time. <laughs> That's I know exactly. I know exactly when that was. Actually, uh, I'm. I'm going to say NRA convention. No, this was for oh, the uh, the football hall, the football <laughs> hall of fame. Golly. this is my yeah, nephew's doing... preschool gathering. We were. It was his first yeah. day of school. <laughs> it was I showed up first drunk. day of school. <laughs> well, the <laughs> last time, see, and I should have learned because the last time I got messed up on scotch was Easter, or the day before Easter two years ago. My buddy had just had a baby. And so we had a, a big baby shower for him because, you know, the guys always get fucked over when it comes for girly shit like that. And so I had a bottle of scotch I brought over there. Um, and then I had to go on a trip. And so I didn't actually get to celebrate it with him, but I came back, um, went out there for the weekend to see how he was. And it was, yeah, fucking Saturday before Easter Sunday. And we polished that fucking bottle off plus about a half a case of beer. And I remember waking up on his couch with my phone just blowing up for my wife that was wondering if dad was going to come home for Easter Sunday at uh, 11 o'clock in the morning. No. Oh, yeah, that was... Fuck you, Scotch. You're so <laughs> delicious, though. Fuck you, Scotch. Fuck you, Scotch. Scotch is a hard one. Scotch is a real hard one. What, what about you, Evan Hafer? What, what's the drunkest you've ever been? Ooh, uh, that's pretty easy. It was uh, 1997. It was a... Uh, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so specific. Yeah. So specific. Uh, 1997, it was a tequila sunrise evening at some estranged bar in Moscow, Idaho. Uh, I don't know. I, I would imagine I drank probably a gallon of those. And I woke up in a garbage can. Not a dumpster, <laughs> but a garbage can. And... Uh, a dumpster would have been an upgrade, but the garbage can was exactly where I woke up at roughly sunrise, and this was probably June, and uh, I woke up at sunrise in a garbage can. And uh, I woke up, shook myself off, and walked down and grabbed a cup of coffee. That's exactly what I did in those clothes, and I don't remember eight hours 
absolutely fucking eight hours. And you're oh, like, no, no one needs to know the story. story. But yeah. then you told the story. No, nobody knows that story except for you guys. Well, really? And Drinking Bros. Oh, now, man. evidently, like, bros, I don't yeah. know, 25, 30,000 people. I, I, look, Evan, I really like it. Matt, Matt I, I, I dare to even ask you. I really dare to even ask this question. Because there's no way you have your number one, do you? <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I have a number one man. I'm a. You know me. I'm a drinker. I get down. Right. Uh, I will say the weirdest, weirdest one probably that just came to me. I don't know if I told this on Drinking Bros, but I literally uh, got fucked up. I forgot the whole night. I woke up at about four in the morning um, with a beautiful, big titted Asian girl mm. slapping me aggressive, like hitting me in the mm. face, like domestic violence hitting me in the mm. face, waking me up. Says, "Wake up!" And I go. She needed- Hi, and she goes, finally you're awake. Are you going to fuck me? And I was like, why well, don't? <laughs> what? And the last thing I remember about 10 p.m. So that was, a, that, that was an interesting one. The fact that you could, you could go through that experience and uh, not remember any of it. Yeah, look, if, if, you get beaten, if you get beaten by a female, that's a big one. That's a oh, real she big was, one. She was teeing she, off. I mean, she was, you know. Uh, Chris Brown. getting you. the hips and everything. She was Tiger, Tiger Woods' wife on, on the car there with the baseball bat on my face with her hands. Wow. So that's a weird analogy, but yeah. So is that also the same moment you had the most, just hardest erection in your life too? I'm not really, I'm, I'm, I'm a dominant one, so not really, but, uh, you know, it, it happened. And then, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a mellow guy these days, you know, I'm a whiskey drinker. I stay at home and do my thing, Ross. I know you do. I know you do. You're, you're an upstanding citizen now, Matthew, and we're proud of yeah. you for that. I don't know. Let's not go that far. Oh, yeah. Let's but not go that far. We were, we were talking about our drunkest stories. Uh, yeah, what's yours? I want to hear yours. Uh, my, mine was right before I went to college. I was in high school. There was a challenge to drink uh, an entire bottle of Jack Daniels. That, that, that did go down, and then Ugh. we ran buck naked around the security. Uh, there was a security in front of my friend's neighborhood. They called the police. Uh, we, we scattered. Fucking frat boys. No, no, no. I wasn't, I wasn't a fraternity. I was in high school. So they, they, they called the police. Uh, we scattered, but we, we were in a car, and we couldn't get back to our car. The police surrounded the vehicle. So I, we had to walk six and a half miles buck naked uh through neighborhoods woods streets all the way back to someone's house no covering whatsoever um and that was that that's the longest i want to say that you were free yeah i was yeah, the, I mean, that was yeah, the longest you're, I've you were like harambe dude you yeah. were free I, it was free. it was it was like naked and afraid that was the longest probably five and a half hours of being nude in my we entire should, life we should invite someone weird on the uh, the podcast where they're right. like, "What's your weird drunk story?" Like, "Oh man, this one time I got so fucked up, dude. I woke up, there was nine dicks in my mouth, and I was like, I'm what? not gay, but I sucked, sucked them.' Like, yeah, what? I didn't make eye contact. What? Say, say that again. That's when you need Jared because that's where Jared would go, <laughs> or he would love the babysitter. He'd be like, "Yeah, I, I, I just fell in. Love. I cuddled her. She wanted uh, to fuck. It was a it was a tornado. It was a fucking tornado, bro. Like she's my sister. Fuck it." <laughs> oh boy, Evan, that that wow. tornado episode, right? by the way, because that I named that episode. You, you know that, by the way, right? Uh, it, scared sister gets fucked by brother in tornado. Exactly. Dude, that was yeah. aggressive. The co- the comments we've gotten from that are are just. <laughs> Oh, over Holy the top! Shit! Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah, welcome for Jared's I, service. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome, boy. That we we have we have an moh guy, and then we have Jared. Jared. Um, so not to be con- confused with the pedophile from uh, Subway. No. Yeah, both yeah. both not have not an affinity for sandwiches, but that's it. <laughs> well, shit, man. I want to say, Evan, you've been covering down, dude. Rocco and and JT now have been busy, brother. So thanks for that. And then They're busy. Clint, fucking honor for you to be yeah, on the podcast, yeah. dude. Thank you so much. No, yeah. thank you guys so much for letting me come here and bullshit some. And fucking... dude, you came a lot. Yeah. <laughs> A lot. Well, <laughs> it's because we we locked eyes. We did. Your beard, yeah, your mustache is glorious. You beautiful. Know. It's yeah. Um, <clears throat> hey, well, go buy Clint's. Go buy Clint's book everywhere. Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Uh, he's an amazing man, and we're lucky to have him on the show. Uh, with that, we're going to get to the drinking bro of the week. Yes. Yes. The drinking yeah. bro of the week is. Uh, I just got back from Columbus, Ohio. There was a there was a drinking bro named Richard Denoff. Who uh, not only bought uh, shots for the entire screening of Range 15, uh, but he was a wonderful host and had us all at his tailgate the following morning with his wife uh, and, and cooked bacon, egg, sausage for us. Uh, one of the most gracious hosts in a, in a city that I didn't know we had any drinking bros. So to Richard Denoff, thank you for having us. Thank you for hosting us at your tailgate. And, 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 and uh, Richard, so you know, uh, Ross called me the morning after, not the morning after pill, but he called me the morning <laughs> after and said, he, he told me that story right. about you. So cheers to you, brother. 
Yeah, man. So uh, thank you. The, the the Drinking Bros community is is only growing. It's getting stronger and stronger every day, and they're all over the nation. And uh, this was it was a real pleasure to meet you. And uh, thanks for having us. I really appreciate it. And uh, for Clint, the hero. Uh, <laughs> Throwing you on the, the bus. Hero. Back that the, thing. You're, you're the most famous person we've ever had on the show, Clint. We appreciate yep. appreciate you being on. Uh, for Clint, Matt, Evan, and Ross, we are out of here. Good night, everybody. Free Go by Clunk. Yeah. Change your life. Go Army Beat Navy. Free Willie. <laughs> Free Willie. <laughs> <laughs>